Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this inspiring TED Talks HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent TED video, Three Steps to Stop Remote Work Burnout. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this inspiring TED Talks HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent TED video, Three Steps to Stop Remote Work Burnout. Too much screen time, too many video calls, and too few boundaries make working from home hard for us all. Podcast host and writer Maura Ahrens Mele shares honest advice on what you can learn from the introverts in your life about protecting your energy and your limits. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. You might think that working remotely is an introvert's dream. You're in your own home, hidden behind a computer, possibly in your pajamas. But the truth is, for many introverts, remote work is kind of a nightmare. Now that the pandemic has chased many of us out of our offices, we're chafing under the new remote rules of work. Too much screen time, a lack of boundaries between work and home, endless video calls. The same things that make remote work difficult for introverts make it difficult for everyone. Far and away, the worst part of remote work is video calls. Being on camera is a performance. Thoughtless scheduling can mean you're basically on stage performing for eight hours a day. There are none of the nuanced cues that help you read a room. Staring at disembodied heads on a screen offers only a pale imitation of real human connection. Social anxiety only makes this worse. When you have a camera in your face, that can really trigger your social anxiety. It takes energy to be on. So the key to managing remote work is to protect your energy. I really like the way she ends that first clip by talking about the best way to manage remote work, and that is by managing our energy and making sure that we're paying attention to how taxing it is to be on camera. She starts by talking about introverts and how challenging it can be for introverts in a virtual world, and that perhaps is a bit counterintuitive to some people. But the point is, if you're working remotely and you're on video calls almost all day, then that is incredibly taxing. That's even more taxing for introverts than it would be for them to be in, in a physical office space. And the social anxiety can be high because there's a camera on them all day and you have to be performative. Now, there are certainly ways around this, and she's going to talk about how we can gauge our energy levels and reinvigorate ourselves and make sure that we're not overtapping our own energy levels as we go throughout the day. Um, but to start with, I think it really is worth noting that we just need to 
be very thoughtful about how we schedule things in a remote world, that we don't just automatically move towards a video call when a phone call can work or an email can work. It's been my experience over the past year that people are far more willing to just quickly schedule a video call, a video meeting, than ever before. Uh, so whereas before you had to get an office space to have a, hold a meeting, you had to send out invites, people have to walk across the campus or the building to be able to get to that meeting. Now everyone can just jump from Zoom call to Zoom call, and so you literally get scheduled throughout most of your day. Most of those meetings you don't actually have to go to. So I think it's really important to consider that and to just be able to manage our energy as we go throughout the day. First, pay attention to ritual and routine. As much as we hated our commutes, they were a ritual that created a boundary between work and home. And we need that. For many of us, those little breaks that we would build into the workday, going to get a cup of coffee or a chat with a coworker, those are gone too. For me, those rituals are when I gather my energy, assume my work character, and get into the right headspace to dive in. So how can you recreate those breaks and boundaries at home? The key is to be intentional. It could be music or lighting, a pep talk with a friend. You could take a walk around the block at a certain time of day, or even a breathing or stretching routine before you sit. Whatever it takes for you to delineate the transition between work and home. Our routines and our boundaries between work and home are really important. They used to be a, a critical part of our workday when we were traveling into a physical office. We'd have our commute time, and that would be how we start our day and how we wind down from our day. And it is a clear demarcation between work life and home life, even if you have to do some work from home after dinner uh, or whatever the case may be. Now that's all blurred because we've just been working remotely. And so we have to be much more proactive now about making sure we still have routines and rituals throughout our day to separate it out so that we're not literally rolling out of bed, turning on our laptop and working, you know, from the very first thing in the morning through all of our meals, all the way into the evening. And then before you know it, it's late at night and you're still working because there's nothing that has broken up your day. That's not healthy. That's not physically healthy. It's not mentally or emotionally healthy. And ultimately, while, while your boss might think that's great for your productivity in the short term, in the long term, you're going to burn out. And there's only so long you can keep that kind of a workload up. So let's make sure that we have rituals in place. And even if we don't have a quote-unquote commute to go somewhere else, we can have that way to start our day, the way to end our day. We can have breaks throughout the day and just make sure that we have the opportunity to re-energize. Second, we need to manage our pace, place, and space. You can think of pacing as managing the interactions that tax your energy versus those that recharge you. You could schedule fewer video conferences because remember, those are performances. You could schedule downtime or recharge time after performances. Oprah does this, as do many introverted performers and CEOs. You could consider the time of day. Think about when you can typically summon the energy to be on and save other times for quiet work. For place, use your workspace to help you enforce good boundaries. Even if your desk is in your kitchen, make it feel like a workplace. For space, build in some alone time every day. And this includes time away from your kids. It's really key to avoiding burnout.
I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. We need to manage our pace, our place, and our space. This is a great set of tips that she gives in this short clip. Clearly, we need to make sure that we are being proactive about our scheduling and how much time we have in between meetings, how much performative time on time that we have in video calls versus when we can just get our work done. And that would apply if we're in in the workplace or if we're working at home. If you're in meetings all day, you're not actually getting the work done that uh, you need to do in your job or as a leader. Uh, you have to have time to to debrief. You have to have time to think and to strategize. You have to have downtime. Uh, that's even more important in a virtual world because you're you're on when you, the video is on, and many times those video calls are scheduled back to back to back to back to back all day long, and it's just exhausting. So manage your pace. You absolutely need to be able to manage your place. Make sure that where you're working feels like a workspace. Make sure that it's functional. The first, man, probably the first six months of the pandemic, I was just working from my laptop at my kitchen table predominantly. And it took me many months, because I just kept on thinking, oh, I'm going to get back to work. No, I'll, I'll be back in my office. And so I didn't want to think about or really invest in any anything to help me work more efficiently at home. But finally, after a while, I decided, you know what? Working on my small laptop is really frustrating. I went out and bought more monitors. I had a designated desk space in a different part of the house. And it made a big difference. A couple hundred dollars made a huge difference. And it's it was that clear demarcation when I'm at work versus when I'm at home. Um, I'm still at home, of course, but now I can be a little bit separated because I have my designated work space. I absolutely love that. Finally, if you're a manager, you have a special role to play. To help employees protect their pace, place, and space, manage the room during video calls. Even remotely, chatty extroverts tend to dominate. To create a space where everyone can be heard, structure agendas, assign presentation roles, and minimize brainstorming. Brainstorming can trigger social anxiety and it can freeze up introverts. Instead, create a shared space where people can write their ideas before a brainstorming session. Favor audio over video calls. Research shows that we actually communicate more emotion and nuance via audio alone. 
Try asynchronous communication for more complicated or provocative one-on-ones. You can steal this idea from author Robert Glazer. Record a voice memo or a video on your phone explaining your perspective and send it to a colleague. And that way they can respond and react in their own time. As managers, we have to be very thoughtful about how we schedule and how we manage our people's time when we're working remotely. It can be really tempting to try to have constant check-ins. And while that might be well-intended, it can feel like micromanaging. And it can be really tempting to schedule call after call after call or thinking perhaps that we're trying to be inclusive by inviting everyone to every meeting. But in fact, that is a huge burden. So only invite people to meetings that are essential. You don't have to meet as often as we're meeting. Uh, Sometimes an email works just fine. If it's informational, record a quick video and send it to your team. Uh, She also talks about the research behind phone calls versus video calls. And we just tend to do better on, on voice calls. Now, there's a, certainly a time and a place for video calls, and we should leverage that technology. But remember, before the pandemic, we weren't hopping on video calls all the time. We did sometimes, but not all the time. A lot of times you'd just hop on the phone and you'd chat with someone for 10 minutes to touch base about something. That can still happen, and we don't need to have video meetings constantly. You don't need to check in on people with video calls constantly. We can use the phone. We can use email. Uh, And we can also just give people their space so that they can do the work that needs to be done. Along with a lot of challenges now, we have an opportunity. Remote work is here to stay. So don't just transfer old habits and old company culture to remote work. Build something better. To get started, ask the introverts in your office what their ideal day looks like and take your cue from there. I love that closing tip to just ask your people what their ideal day looks like. And I bet you dollars to donuts that nobody's gonna say they wanna be in Zoom meetings for six, seven, eight hours a day. People like to be able to check in. They like to be able to touch base with each other. They like to be able to socialize, but they also like to be able to get their work done. So talk to your people, ask them what they need, ask them what they prefer, and then put together a plan that meets everyone's needs. And as she mentions, perhaps even starting with talking to the introverts uh, can be a really good way to start. Virtual work isn't going away anytime soon. It's never going away, frankly. Now, we're going to get more back into the physical workspace as this pandemic subsides and as more people get vaccinated. I think that's definitely clear. Research shows that people really appreciate the flexibility and autonomy of virtual work and not being tied to a geographic location. Yet, there are so many benefits to being together in a physical space, and this is why so many people and so many companies are saying that they're going to prefer moving towards some sort of a hybrid model for work in the future. Of course, that's still going to utilize some form of virtual work, and there will be some people that are completely remote, other people that are partly remote. And we can't, as she says, we can't just take the old company culture and transfer it over to this new virtual or hybrid environment and expect for everything to work the same way. It's time for us to reinvent ourselves. It's time for us to figure out how we can best support our people in this new reality. And ultimately, if we can do that well now, we'll be building a foundation for success in the future to come. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week.
we are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.